JT Miller is getting traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins. At least, that's what the never-ending glut of gossip would lead you to believe. Is there some validity to the loose lip rumors? We're going to give you our takes right now. It's Begsy, and it's Bowen, and you're listening to Locked On Canucks. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, happy Friday, and thanks for hitting the play button on today's episode of Locked On Canucks. My name is Trevor Beggs, Canucks writer and part-time credentialed media member for Daily High Vancouver. And before we dive into the show, we want to thank you for listening to Locked On Canucks, your team every day. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. On today's show, we want to get into a, a jam-packed comment corner. Lots of comments on yesterday's episode. Oh, they hated you, bro. They hate, well, I love it. I love it. We're going to get into it. They hated you. They hated us. They hated us. And this is what happens. You know, Trevor's been, uh, you know, making all the titles for the episodes, doing that stuff. One of the most negative people in the city of Vancouver right now, Trevor Bags. I feel bad for his family. And the people, I think, are understanding that. And they turned on us yesterday. But it's okay. Because, it, again, love us or hate us, it's what, Trevor? It's what? It's goal, cannot go, bud. Uh, that guy over there is Kyle Bowen. He's going to join me as we get into comment corner later in the show. We also have a jam-packed segment, too. We're going to touch on three segments at once. One good thing, what the Canuck, and get the Cam Neely, former Canuck of the Week award winner. But off the hop, you saw it in the title of this episode. It's some JT Miller talk, because there was some gossip floating around, Kyle. Some gossip. And, you know, what's uh, what's hockey? What sports does a little man gossip? Uh, Frank Valley from the Daily Faceoff podcast threw things up earlier this week. And let me just read the quote from his podcast. Uh, he said, quote, the Penguins were really interested in JT Miller. I think the deal they were talking about involved two first round picks. Again, not not necessarily news. We kind of knew that was rumored already, but still an eye popper whenever I read Liar. it. Liar. I shouldn't be I, I shouldn't be calling him a liar. Just going through his sources, the rumors. I don't know about this one, man. I don't know about this one. This one. This one sounds a little fishy, and it also sounds a bit as if the hockey world is a little bored. Uh, bored right now, you know that. Because come on, man, it's been it's been it's been some time, and that's just that just seems like a ridiculous, ridiculous offer. Like in this economy, who who's going, who's going for that much? That being said, Philip Ronick went for a lot, so yeah, who knows, man? Yeah, Philip Ronick is worth a, a first and a second. I know he's a right shot. That's true. But I mean, you know, you'd think JT Miller should be worth two first round picks. If that's the case, still hard to believe based on the age, the contract, all that stuff. Uh, Let me finish the quote first before we uh, before we really dive into our takes on this. So Sarah Valley goes on to say, you know, the Canucks and Penguins even got to the point where they were talking about other pieces that they would move in order to make it happen. I think they got as far deep between the Penguins and Canucks that the Canucks were trying to figure out what where they could move Jason Zucker around the trade deadline. That That's how deep it got. No one will confirm that, but that's what I believe was one of the pieces moving the other way to make the money work. So a couple things to unpack there. First and foremost, I think you and I touched on in the very first episode where we did Locked On Canucks back on March 1st, how Jason Zucker would probably have to be a piece involved. He had one year remaining. He's a UFA this offseason, $5.5 million cap hit. Um, but I think the other key thing here is Sarah Valley goes on to say that this is basically him. 
maybe not uh, maybe not making it up, but it, no one confirmed the rumor. So yeah, more or less he might be making it up here, Kyle. No, no, no. I don't think he's making it up. I think maybe someone else kind of made it up. Like they heard something. They heard something. They and then they added a little sauce to it. And then it, you know, goes down the pipeline and the dude's just working, you know, he's making people talk. That's what we do here, right? We just think about things, we say things, we hear things, we say things, we get the people talking, right? It is what it is. I just again think it's think it's kind of impossible to trade a guy like JT Miller. I'm just kind of over it. Like I I I can't I can't I can't figure out a way why another team would do it in this economy, especially in a season where JT Miller has been picking it up, and he's he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. He's he's a great player. But don't you want him at his quote-unquote best? And he's still like, like, I'm exaggerating, but 20 points below what he did last season. So it's it's like, okay, now now we have like a list of teams or a team just willing to throw everything at the table for him. It's like, come on. What's going on here? Are we just a little bored? I think Pittsburgh is a a dramatic team too, you know? Dramatic team at this point in in their life or career. Or, or history point in the NHL because of who they have on their team, the pieces, a lot of, a lot of power there, right? Crosby, Latang, Malkin. Let's touch on Latang again. He's been going through so much over the last couple of years. There's something else there, you know. They probably all want to buy in and do whatever it takes to win right now. I get it because it's a family there and they've done things in the past, the recent past too. It makes sense to go all in because we're the Pittsburgh Penguins. But again, JT Miller, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot to give up, especially, again, you're bringing up, what, two first-round picks for an aging team. Yeah, Begsy, when I say it out loud, you know what I start thinking? I'm like, dude, the Canucks were doing shit like, shit like this all the time. And, you know, maybe another team would do it. You're right. You said that before. You said that before to me, you know? And I should be thinking about it, too, because I've been scared. I've been scared. I, I've been telling the people, yo, what if the Canucks are like the Cleveland Browns and we're just bad for 20, 30 years, right? Hey, before there, there was a Cleveland Browns, there was – there was a, a bad team, you know? You know what I'm saying? So it could happen. You know, Pittsburgh could be making decisions as dumb as the Canucks were, what, two or three or four years ago? It could happen. You're right. All over the place. You know, this is why you and I are bros, because it's like you read my mind here. <laughs> yeah. I, I think your take's pretty clear that you don't really think there's much validity to the rumors. You, mm-hmm. see, uh, you see it being pretty hard to trade, trade JT Miller. And while I agree with you, I do think there's some validity to the rumors because the narrative makes sense, Kyle. The narrative makes sense. Again, if the Canucks were offered two first-round picks and Jason Zucker for JT Miller, you know, everything we know about the Canucks is that, and the rumor suggested, you know, they wanted another setter in return because if JT Miller is gone and this team's trying to win next year, you know, how are they going to replace that? They've already Mm -hmm. traded Bo Horvat Mm -hmm. away. And I think most fans would say, you take the first the two first round picks get off that contract and run and hide. And I would agree with that, but it's just not what we no one understand about this Canucks management team. And, and to the other point, why this narrative makes sense. It's what you just said. Pittsburgh is a desperate team right now. They're on the verge of missing the playoffs for the first time in 16 seasons. They just locked up Latang and Malkin to long-term extensions. Crosby still got a few years left where he's looking like an elite producer you know, this team, I don't think Pittsburgh's going to bottom out. They're either going to be stuck in the mushy middle or they got to add pieces and try to go on one more run with that core. And again, you got two guys in charge, Ron Hextall, who's already made some questionable moves, and Brian Burke, who throughout his entire managerial career has been a bold guy. So I think if there is a team that is going to trade assets to get JT Miller, it's the Pittsburgh Penguins. It makes a ton of sense. Um, again, 
it makes a ton of sense from what we know from them, not necessarily the trade itself. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no, like you're, you're putting the pieces together and you're telling yourself, okay, maybe again, there's a team out there that's that desperate, similar to how desperate the Canucks were to always shake things up and you know focus on next year. Makes sense. You're you by talking about this more and more, and there's more people out there that still continue to talk about these two teams in this trade. The more we talk about it out loud, I'm starting to believe there's a chance, man. There's a chance. There's a chance, yo. And yeah, I, I, I go ahead. No, no, no. Like, I was probably just gonna repeat repeat myself, so I'll just throw it back to you. It's just, it's just wow. JT Miller, Pittsburgh Penguin, could it happen? Four percent chance. It was zero percent uh, three minutes ago. It's four percent now. So you're telling me there's a chance, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Again, I, I believe the smoke around the trade deadline. And Alvin, you know, he beat around the bush after, in that post-trade deadline press conference when we said, we never got a firm offer for JT Miller. That was typical, like, yeah, we never got a pen and paper offer, but we had some pretty deep discussions about it. That's what I read into that. I mean, he could have worded it differently for sure. So I, de- I definitely buy, buy the rumors. I buy the smoke. I also think that the Canucks don't want to make themselves worse. Uh, as much mm-hmm. as we all can see from the outside that this team has been mired in mediocrity for 10 years, like just take the first round picks and figure it out. But um, yeah, it seems like the Canucks do want uh, a bit more of a, a short term plan. Like if they are going to get uh, rid of JT yeah. Miller, they, they need another second line center well, in the organization. Well, it's not like, oh, they may be more catering towards their short term. It's the truth, you know? Next season matters. Next season matters. Next season matters. Next season matters. I know. The year before this one, the year before this one, and the year before this one, that was the organizational philosophy too. But for whatever reason, again, next season just feels a little bit different. Am I saying that because I think it's going to equate to success? No, I just feel as if the pressure, I didn't know it could get any higher, but there's a, like, we haven't seen it yet, you know? The city, the people, uh, people want to talk about the media being negative. It's not about negativity. It's just about timing and, uh, emotions and what this city deserves and after all that's been happening and we're in year two of this regime and it's pretty clear that the organizational philosophy is the same it's the same so that hasn't changed which is interesting to a lot of us because nothing's worked but again it hasn't changed and i think a lot more of us are not necessarily ready for it but we're like used to it and i think this time around we're embracing it but but man oh man if october does not work out for this team it is going to look so so empty, so empty in November, and that's when things get a little—I wouldn't say scary, but that's when I think a complete overhaul could happen. So again, if October doesn't work out for this club and we're already out of it, that's when I think a lot of things, a lot of things could happen, and that's some scary stuff. And I'll say it again. We said it earlier this week. There's only one thing to do in the offseason, really. I know we talked talked about the third-line centers, get another de- defenseman, because, again, I think you and I are bought into, like, next season matters. It's sign Patterson. It's sign Patterson because if October doesn't work out, you're going to hear the smoke. And that's the smoke I don't want to start. I don't want to see that fire. For the long-term plan, Patterson still has to be a part of it, whether next year works out or not. For real. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a scary look into the future there, Kyle. Let's hope mm. that's not the case. And you know, I think we got to change the topic by getting yeah. into one good thing in our next segment here on Locked On Canucks. Uh, but before we do that, Kyle, let me tell you why I'm able to put bacon on the table for my family. Uh-huh. I used Indeed. 
Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't waste your time on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you could do it all with Indeed. Find top talent with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like matching, assessments, and virtual interviews. Do you hate waiting? I do. I'm an impatient guy, man. Come on. That's, I want <laughs> this Connect team succeed. I'm sick of waiting. Yeah. And hey, if you're sick of waiting, you should also use Indeed because the U.S. data shows that over 80% of Indeed uh, Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. You know, Kyle, you you, uh, you laid it on me yesterday. My wife calls me the Flash for some not good reasons. Uh, <laughs> but one good reason why I get called the Flash, I can relate to Indeed because they got Indeed Instant Match. Ooh. Candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search, according to U.S. data. Indeed does the hard hiring work for you. Sponsor a job and we'll match you with the quality candidates whose resume on Indeed fit your job description right when you post. With Indeed, you can start hiring fast, like the Flash. Join 3 million businesses worldwide who use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Indeed knows when you're growing your business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have job requirements. Visit Indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application price not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, speaking of Indeed, uh, somebody on Twitter, and, and again, you're listening to Locked On Canucks, Kyle Bow and Trevor Beggs. Shout out to shout out to the city, shout out to the people sending blessings your way. But someone on Twitter asked me if he thought High Rose, is that how you say the name? Akito Hirose, I believe. Okay, there you go. Akito Hirose, great name. Legendary name already. The city loves you. The dude, I think his name's Tanvir. He asked me if I thought he was going to be a member of the top six going into next season. I told him straight up, you know, I'm at the gym right now. I'm not watching a second of this game, a.k.a. Dude, they're playing the AHL Blackhawks. It's all good. Chill out. Anyways, he asked a question. And I replied with, you know, I'm not watching the game. But a better question is, is, uh, is Oliver ekman Larson going to be part of that top six, whether they buy him or not? You know how we saying next season matters, bro? Next season really matters. I don't know if they're going to give a fuck about the pressure if Oliver ekman Larson is still on the roster. He's getting paid $8 million or 7 whatever he's getting paid, and he's a healthy scratch for the majority of the season. Because they got to yeah, win. That's it. Uh, this is a funny turn, man, because I think we said we we're going to start segment two here <laughs> with the one good thing, which was Akito yep. Rose's performance, <laughs> and you just get into Dude. Oliver ekman Larson, and will he be on this blue line? Because he sucks, and he shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. It's like, will he have a job? It's just, well, he'll have a job, but will he be participating in the hours? on that job, you know what I'm saying, or is he going to be milking it, because this team has to win, and I just looked at that stat just on Twitter, you know, uh, goals per 60 or something, uh, the worst pairs in the league, OEL, Myers at the top of that, and again, next season, for the sixth or seventh time, it matters, and they're going to want to ice their best roster, they're going to want, because the wins matter, I, I actually think that Aquilini is not going to get in the way of making sure that the the highest paid defenseman or one of them on the team it, like is being implemented in the roster. I don't if if he's not as good as the other guys, if he's not good as a guy like Hirose, he's not playing. Yeah, I, I think there needs to be that competition at training camp. I 
I'm still scared that they're going to try to pigeonhole OEL with uh, Philip Ronick, and that's that's my huge fear going into next season. I definitely think that should not happen. You know, at I don't, I don't know if this is a worst case scenario, but like the worst thing I want to see is probably Ekman Larson and Myers as a third pair. Like they cannot be in your top four. We've already established that. They need mm-hmm. to be third pairing or they need to be off this team by whatever that is. Bury them, uh, buy out OEL. I know you can't buy out Myers. You know, just ship them off to Robodaw Island. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe uh, someone's going to go to their house in the middle of the night. No, that's that's a little dark. Um, so, yeah, they can't be playing top four minutes for this team next season. Um, that, that much is clear. Uh, in terms of Akito Hirose, yeah, he's going to be in the AHL next year. I'm almost certain of that. But the guy's showing some poise, and it's not just the two assists he put up last night. It's he was making plays at both ends of the ice. You know, this kid, when he came into the team at, you know, 6'1, 170 pounds, I'm like, geez, how's this guy going to handle the rigors? And yeah, he played an AHL level team last night in the Blackhawks. But through all three of his games so far, I've just been a big fan of his positioning, uh, both uh, on the penalty kill at even strength. He made a great uh, poke check in front of his own net last night to clear the puck away, had a couple of good neutral zone breakups, uh, along with just creating the offensive zone. So, Again, he was not just looking good last night. I, he was arguably, to me, I watched the entire game last night. I thought Akito Hirose and Phil DiGiuseppe were the best Canucks last night. Um, again, to use John Tortorella's thing, probably not so good for the big guys, but who the who the F cares at this point in the season anyways. Yeah, and before you just gave Hirose his due, you, you just chirped him so hard. You're like, oh, yeah, you know, 6'1", 170. It's like, dude, the guy's taller than you. He might weigh more than you, too. You know what I'm saying, bro? Just proportionately, on, he doesn't. Come on, man. <laughs> He's like four inches taller and maybe five pounds heavier. He could so. st- still, I'm, kick, he can still kick guy, your ass. Man, he could definitely kick your ass. You could have a hockey stick, and he'd probably still kick your ass. Yeah, for real. I, I'm not doing that. It's not. It's not hard to kick. Have my you ever ass, been in a real. fight before? Yeah, I've been in a few fights actually. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't okay. been. I haven't been in one since a bar fight at Blarty Stone a few years back. But uh, and that wasn't so much a fight. That one, I anyways. That's a, that's a story for another episode. Shout out to Blarney Stone. No, we got to show Blarney Stone some love. I, no, not a sponsor love of the show, Blarney but Stone. the city. You know, it matters, man. The people matters. That that place is always a good time. Uh, I didn't get into a fight at Blarney Stone, but some girl threw a bottle at my head. Not because she she oh, was you not me because that. she was trying to hit me. She was trying to hit the girl that I was talking to, and she she missed. <laughs> You got a solid noggin, bro. Um, hey, man. I, no, I, think I was bleeding. I was, ble- I was bleeding. I don't have a solid noggin. I was Ooh, I was pissed shit. off, too. Ooh, yeah. I was rattled, definitely concussed. I was so mad, bro. Anywho, Akito Hirose. Were you going to say something about the Blarney Stone right there? Yeah, I was going to say they should sponsor our next segment, What the Canuck. <laughs> they should, <laughs> What the Canuck brought to you unofficially by Blarney Stone just because, you know, we love the Blarney Stone. The Canucks broke a pretty incredible record last night, Kyle. They had a franchise record, 133 straight games without a shutout. That ended in the 134th game last night mm-hmm. as Thatcher Demko posted the shutout. It's almost hard to believe. Like, we talked about Demko being Vesna-worthy, and you know, he's back to that Vesna form since he came back from injury. The dude has three career shutouts, and all three shutouts came with different head coaches at the helm. <laughs> wow. It's almost hard to believe, man, to be honest. The last part of that stat is just so depressing. Damn, it's a gr- it's gray out here, man. I need wins, I think, bro. Yeah, I, as soon as I said that, the sun just went down a bit, dude. Reality, <laughs> truth, karma, karma, yo. The riots playing oh, its toll man. on what we're doing at this point in our lives, and that's not watching meaningful hockey. It's uh, it's one of those things. Uh, yeah, Demko, that's a crazy stat. Another crazy stat is uh, Calgary's position in the standings. I know that they're the next opponent. I know some people out there are so stoked because the Canucks, who probably have 
you know, like, I, I think you brought up the fact that they're pretty close in wins, or if not at par with wins with the Calgary Flames, maybe they're one behind. You know, similar roster value. They're doing their things. Calgary has all these OT losses helping them still be in the push. Anywho, a lot of people want the Canucks to spoil this party for the Flames, and I'm just like, why, why are you putting that energy out there? This, this city needs the best chance at Connor Bedard. Calgary's already spoiled their chances. If they squeak in, I know that that's saying, right, like anything can happen in the dance. There, there's some truth to that, but it's not going to happen with the Calgary Flames, not this version of the Calgary Flames. Too many moving pieces. Again, they're really only there because they've lost so many games in overtime. They had that loser point. They're going to spoil it for themselves. They're, they're going to get swept in four games. They're going to lose in five. We don't need... Oh yeah. man! Uh, I, could, oh, I completely man. agree. I could just go you. on you and know, on I, and on, man. It's just let's just let's just get Connor Bedard somehow. Yeah, I, I I see the sentiment. Like you know, Flames are considered the Canucks' biggest rival, and you know it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be nice to knock him out, but it's not the most important thing right now. The most important thing is that the Canucks and Washington Capitals are now tied uh, with the eighth worst record in the NHL, um, and the Capitals have a tough schedule. For, oh, they have they face four teams either in the playoffs or in the playoff hunt over the last four games, whereas the Canucks play the Ducks and um, the Coyotes to finish off the season. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's I'm pretty worried that the Canucks are going to keep climbing the standings at least one more spot. I'm pretty worried that they're going to finish ninth. So, never mind winning against Calgary. Let's get the best shot at Bedard, who, by the way, has eight goals and 13 points in four playoff games in the WHL playoffs right now. Single-handedly yeah. carrying his team. LeBron James style, uh, possibly to a championship in the WHL. Like what he's doing is absolutely unbelievable right now. Yeah, good for him, man. Uh, did you, did West you Coast bias. The draft lottery there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm do it. And shout, shout out the West Coast bias too. You know, we've been talking a lot about Connor Bedard and you know the possibility of him playing for the Canucks. I know we mentioned it briefly and in parts, but I'll say it again, man. This guy's from the West Coast too. We got to look out for these guys. You know, for real. West Coast bias. Excuse me. <clears throat> Connor Bedard is that guy, and let's uh. Let's run that draft simulator. Why not? Let's see if we have a chance at getting the hometown kid. Oh, wrong button. Let's get it right there. Uh, what are we at? We have a 6% six, 6% chance. Let's see what we got here. Oh, man. Ooh, so close, that. dude. We got yeah, to so number, we, we, got to number we've two. We've run this maybe, what, less than 10 times. I want to say maybe, let's say, eight times since we started the show a month ago. And we've moved up. To number two twice now, so that's know? not good enough. You not know? good enough. We've been number two too I, many times. I will take it, man. No, I will take t- it. I look at this mentality. I, I, I will take it. We'll take being number oh, two. We just missed. I don't need to hear it, man. I don't need to hear it. Number two is just fine with me. Anywho, let's cut the break, buddy. Uh, what one thing for us? Because I did promise off the hop that um, I was going to tell you our Cam Neely former Canuck of the mm-hmm. week. So the Calgary Flames and the Canucks are playing on Saturday. Again, goal flames go. I could care less about their playoff odds. Like Kyle said, they've done themselves in. You know, but a Cam Neely former Canuck of the Week is a guy who has struggled mightily this season, but came up big against the Winnipeg Jets on Wednesday, and that is Jacob Markstrom. Shout out. He's got that new dad energy going for him. Again, an 8-9-1 save percentage on the season. Been pretty brutal. He did lose to the Calgary Flames. Brutal. I'm giving him this award based on one game, and that was that must-win game against the Winnipeg Jets where he out-dueled Connor Hellebuck. Made some massive saves. I watched a good chunk of that game. He was on it. He was on it. On the second night of back-to-backs, he absolutely won a game that the Flames needed to win to keep their chase alive. So, you know, uh, I hope the fl- goal Flames go, but I also hope they they burn and crash. 
Uh, but shout out to Jacob Markstrom, who is our Cam Neely former Canuck of the week. Now, Kyle, I, I know the Canucks make you sad and you're not really into, you know, the whole NHL playoff push when the Canucks aren't in it. So maybe it's time for you to watch a little NBA. And Kyle, guess what? The NBA playoffs are almost here. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and threes drained. You know, Kyle, if you do want to watch a little NBA, there's a big matchup tonight, and it's a potential playoff matchup as well. Uh, one that you want to see, I want to see a little Northern California battle between the Golden State Warriors and the Sacramento Kings. They are slated to face each other if the playoffs were going to start today. Now, there's a good chance I was reading that the Kings, um, they could be locked into the third uh, seed in the West permanently, uh, depending on how the Memphis Grizzlies-Milwaukee Bucks game goes earlier in the day. So there's a chance it could be resting guys tonight. So if you're into into that, you know, maybe you want to put a little extra money on the Warriors. But regardless, if you wanted to, you know, combine your bets, uh, you could do that on FanDuel with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Great job. Great job. Best of luck if you're putting money on the line, sending blessings your way. Use FanDuel and do so responsibly locked on Canucks, Kyle Bowne, Trevor Beggs, living life. I need a sip of water because my throat right now, you know, after I... Uh, bong hit Bowen's got whoa, the pasties. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. What's what's that? What's that? <laughs> Anywho, my favorite part of the show. Yes, my favorite part of the show, Comment Corner. Uh, shout out to Sean for giving us that name. Real talk, man. People are locked on doing great work. We saved the best for last. Always, uh, let's run it from here, I guess. We got Tim W. We need defense we can figure out the center part. Dumb article. He's referring to the episode we dropped yesterday where we, you know, talked about possibly trading Brock Besser for some sort of third line, third line center type player slash second line center who's not playing well but but still is getting paid a lot. And that's the only way we're going to get Brock Besser out of here is by making some sort of hockey trade because he gets paid a lot. And he doesn't bring value that's over his potential, you know? So it's... It's a hard contract to trade, okay? It really is. Uh, he said dumb article yeah. that he chirped us with. Uh, this is, he didn't say dumb take. He's like, dumb article. I was like, damn, bro. Like, what does that even mean? And I kind of like it. It was a good chirp. Yeah, well, it was. I'll get that chirp a 4 out of 10. But um, because at the end of the day, like, Brock Besser is not getting traded for a defenseman. You know, there's a premium place on defensemen and in wingers of all the positions at the NHL. Tell him, Trevor. The lowest premium placed. You know, again, Brock Besser... Is not getting traded for a defenseman. It's not happening. Trevor, man. Just Trevor just wrecks this guy's opinion just like that, dude. That's something else. Uh, rather get a second and a decent prospect for Brock Besser. This comes from Don Cherry hey. the second. Don Cherry. Oh, there the you go, Don Cherry. Listen to the show. It's great. The second, the second. Okay. I don't really I anything can happen. Maybe not like a no, a no, no, no. Not anything can happen. No, 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 Mister Nice Guy Kyle here. Look, the whole point of that episode yesterday is because you are not trading Brock Besser for a draft pick and a prospect when you make six point six five million dollars. You have if you're gonna trade him, there's got to be cap coming back the other way. And I think that was one of the main reasons why we did that yesterday in terms of you know third line centers with cap hit pricey centers. 
you know, who could be exchanged for Brock Besser because it's got to be, again, not maybe uh, a dollar for dollar, but pretty damn close to it. Wow. Uh, I think every player we listed, um, I think actually there was some around like three-ish million dollar range, which it's going to be tough. Uh, but there's some players who were definitely making, you know, five-ish million, a lot closer to what Brock's making. It's got to be a trade like that if you're trading Brock Besser. There's pretty much no other way it's going to happen. Trevor, man, just you can throw an F-bomb at one of these fans if you want, man. It's all good. We're just fans. Nah, nah, we're not nah, reporters. Nah, nah. We're not podcasters. We're just fans, dude. Okay, straight up. How about this guy? Tear lock. Great show, guys. You know, thank you. I'm going to show that to my mom. For real. I'm going to show that to my mom. Great comment. Great comment. Great comment. Hell of a shot. Canucks are already over the cap for next season, and you're trying to trade Brock Besser dollar for dollar. Uh, yeah. yeah, we had Jacob comment as well, and this is from Hell of a Shot, the original comment. Jacob replied to this. Whoever we trade for Besser has to be a cheaper player that's less skilled, and we have to accept that. I also believe Myers will go. OEL will either be bought out or LTI, which would, yeah, that may happen. I don't know. That may happen. And uh, that's, I think, when Trevor, I'm not going to justify why we made the episode. It's just, we're just talking. We're just talking, okay? But keep in mind, a big reason why we think the Canucks will have to do something like this to get a player to fill up that gap is because there is a chance that uh, Myers is still a Canuck and they didn't buy out OEL. There's actually a good chance of that because Myers is bad. And OEL is bad, and OEL is expensive. Back on Myers. Myers is not worth the money he's getting. Is he going to add a lot of value to a team who gets him? Does, does, do people really want to pay or trade for a guy that's going to make that much money to play, what, on a good team, be your 5-6 defenseman? Maybe at the deadline, but not in the offseason. Yeah, I, I would be shocked if Myers was anywhere other than the Canucks roster or the Canucks AHL roster next year. Who's going to trade for a player with basically negative value right now, making six million bucks a season. The Canucks are just going to have to eat the last year of that salary, whether it's in the NHL or on the AHL team. Uh, OEL is definitely the more interesting conversation right now. Um, we'll uh, we'll definitely dig into that more in the offseason. But, uh, yeah, shout out to a comment from Trevor. You know, I, I like that Trevor energy. and Dude, um, we love all the energy. Uh, big fan of the name Trevor and other Trevors out there. Yo, again, you know, like us or not, di di disagree with us or agree with us. We don't give a we don't give a f, yo, for real. We just we just out here talking Canucks with our people. Uh, we had the, a hell of a shot replied to his own thread, and he he mentioned all these players. Ryan Polig, can can you say these names? Because you're you're more of the hockey game. Ryan Ryan Polig, am I saying that right? I gotta learn. Ryan, Noah, Ryan, I think it's Ryan Ryan Paling or Ryan Poling. I can't actually, I, I'm actually not quite sure. Ryan Paling, <laughs> Noah Cates, Shane Pinto, Philip Heedle, Jake Evans. There you go. Uh, a bunch of other cheaper centers that could fit that third line center role. Hey, man, maybe that first guy he plays for Pittsburgh. Maybe he's part of that JT Miller trade, right? You know what I'm saying, bud? Maybe. You never know. Yeah, you never Ryan, know. Ryan Poling's barely been an NHLer for both Pittsburgh and Montreal. I'm not a huge fan of the player, to be honest. Oof. Uh, Jake Evans, I love. Uh, Philip Heedle, he's not leaving the Rangers. I'd be shocked. I mean, the Canucks could have had him if they traded JT Miller there, you know, more than a year ago. He was uh, part of that rumored package. Uh, I'd be surprised if he uh, leaves the Rangers, that's for sure. All right, that was Locked on Canucks. Comment Corner, we got to the end of the show. A lot of talk and a lot of hockey talk. Dude, this offseason, we're reading the books. I'm getting back to my old ways, man. I, You know, for, for almost 15 years, I had a room painted blue, white, and green. I watched SportsCenter every night and every morning for almost 20 full years. I'm getting back to that, man. I'm getting back to that for the people. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for, for watching. 
thanks so much. I said thanks for much. I'm just at a loss for words because of the opportunity that this has given me. And I'm blessed. I'm blessed, yo. And if you're breathing and you had a chance today to make something happen, you're blessed too. Yeah, oh, Kyle, you're full of love right now, man. Bong hit bounds, just uh, <laughs> just dishing it out, buddy. Just dishing it out. But you know, I'll, I'll agree with that. And everyone who commented on the last episode and all our other episodes, you know, I love that conversation. Whether whether we agree or disagree, I, I do love the Canucks discourse. It's what Kyle and I are doing this year on Locked On Canucks, your team every day. We appreciate you tuning in. Now, if you want to listen to something else, make your second listen game to game. Locked On NHL, every moment, every performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across Locked On NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Want to wish everyone a happy Easter. I'm Trevor Beggs. He's Kyle Bowen. And we thank you for listening to this episode of Locked On Canucks. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.